yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. 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 I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. Loud. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Yeah. He know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention. Yes, this is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. So we have none other than Jamie Walker. Professor Walker gets his time in the ag junk, Professor Chael. How you doing, Jamie? Uh, I'm great. You know, they had to go, you know, deep down in the reserves um, to come get me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's not like that, is it? <laughs> yeah. You know. Say so you way down there in the pool, but you know, somehow I'm, it came up, though. Hey, look, I'm getting my opportunity. I appreciate it. There it, there it is. So welcome to episode 446 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC Ashford, all things HBC sports institutions, large and small. From the NIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBC athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of HBC sports. I'm your host. Dr. Kenyatta-Caville, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. As we said, Mike Washington is out on assignment. He's actually traveling international. So we're going to keep him uh, certainly held high as things are happening out there. But we do, as I said, have Jamie Walker in the seat. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 30 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. Multi-Hall of Famer, I should say. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University. From Houston, Texas. Big game this week. Bring number one to town. But with mm. that being said, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, Charles. Um, and this, uh, I'm gonna say instead of how you doing, how you holding up? Uh, it's been a rough couple of days. Uh, in terms of uh, just talking to uh, quite a few of fraternity brothers. Of course, you're referencing um, a member of my undergraduate chapter, uh, Delta Phi chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha. Uh, young man Jalen Burns was shot and killed uh, over the weekend, and uh, uh, I, my heart and my thoughts and my prayers go towards those young men uh, grappling with that on campus right now. Uh, beloved member of University Spring 23 Initiative Delta Phi Alpha, Alpha, Alpha um, and uh, that's you know it, it brought back some memories of uh, back when I was in. College back when I was in school, we had a similar incident that happened uh, where a girlfriend of uh, one of my line brothers was uh, shot and killed. So it, it, we kind of been talking about that over the past couple of days. You know, can't imagine what those young men are going through uh, right now. So definitely uh, sending thoughts and prayers to those young men on campus. I think there's a, a candlelight vigil tonight on campus uh, for a young man and. I think the Jackson State uh, National Alumni Association, uh, they set up uh, a link 
on the National Alumni Association website where you can donate to the family because the family's in Jackson now uh, preparing to take his body back to uh, Chicago. So I definitely want to send prayers to everyone back home. I certainly appreciate you providing uh, some insight in terms of what that looks like. Uh, obviously, on the call, when you first got a glimpse of that, is when um, during the media call, as T.C. Taylor is the last uh, to do his media um, things, and it was promptly um, talked about by Andrew Roberts that he would not be on the call because of tragic incidents that had happened on the campus of Jackson. State University. And at that time, I hadn't had really heard the news. So obviously, the more I found out, the more I was uh, really devastated. Obviously, with yourself, um, not only that, you know, you have a child of your own. It's in the college. So you're talking about similar ages. Mike is traveling last week. Part of that was to go see his sons that in college. Um, uh, Jamie Walker has his children growing up. And getting to that time where we're starting to think about that. So it hits closer uh, to home when you're going through all that. So certainly prayers to um, yourself, uh, his family, most importantly, the Jackson State University family, the members of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. Uh, obviously, um, we're all part of a global family. Uh, many of us are Greek members, so we certainly understand the bond and brotherhood that comes extremely close in a lot of cases, uh, in terms of that time that you spent online. With that, unfortunately, we do have to add uh, another loss. Uh, Virginia State University's legend passes away from, uh, according to HBCU Game Day, um, head coach CIWA champion Lou Anderson has passed. Anderson passed away on Friday morning at the age of 87. He was a football fixture at Richmond, Virginia, for more than half a century. Richmond, Virginia native attended historically black Maggie Walker High School before starting at Cottrell Junior College in North Carolina. He would finish his collegiate career at Claflin, South Carolina, where he played both football and basketball. Anderson spent 20 years as a head coach in Richmond area before taking over the program at Virginia State University. He led VSU from 1990 to 2001, winning back-to-back -back Seattle titles in 1995 and 96. He was twice named CIAA Coach of the Year. So, uh, Coach Anderson has touched the lives of not only his former players, but many others throughout VSU community, end quote, former Virginia State athlete and current family university VP of athletics, Tiffany Don Sykes, said in an award ceremony in 2018. With that being said, um, Jamie, I would be remiss if I didn't give you a moment to talk about either one of these, and then we'll certainly take a moment of silence. Absolutely. Um there's way too much activity going on on our campuses right now. And as much as we relish in the homecoming season, um, I pray for everyone's safety. Um, whether it be um, through, you know, outside entities coming in or whether it be just folks that mean us no good at, at all at our universities. I just pray for the safety of our universities at the very end of the day. Um, we're, we're, appropriate. you know, we, we're at a crossroads really in, in our country when it comes to different things. And I'm not going to, you know, speak to the specific issues, but what I will say is 
the protection of our institutions um, is paramount. And at the very end of the day, regardless of what you believe in or or anything of that nature, let's look out for each other and let's continue to to strive to um, for the protection of our, our 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 beloved institutions. Prayers to you know whether it be Morgan State. Um, it's just been way too much uh, of this going on. Um, and I just continued prayers for our institutions at the very end of the day. Yeah, certainly uh, prayers, as you said. Uh, if I can put anything on it, you know, I hate to put it from this framework, but uh, we heard about this through news, music, this is America, and I think that was a perfect illustration that we live in a world uh, that violence is part of the scope of what people want to see. And so it's going to resonate globally. We see what's going on now. Uh, prayers for those involved, uh, Palestinians, Israelis that were all uh, hurt by this. But it's a reflection, and we continue to see it in our country. And unfortunately, um, I don't see much change. I, I just... I've seen it for far too long in my life. Um, and we have too many people that see capitalists as much more important uh, than any other thing else in terms of maybe finding a change. So until we see a different framework in the minds of those that uh, believe more money over people is necessary, I don't see a change. But we're going to get back to sports. This is a sports show, so we'll take our moment of silence and we'll get back to it after this. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Ryan Fulford. 
A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles and Jamie. With that being said, let's give some honors to uh, those that were selected as players of the week. Let's start with you, Charles. Yeah, let's start off with the SWAC. Uh, the SWAC is named Alabama A&M, Xavier Lamford, Texas Southern's Jacob Williams, Lader- and Ladarius Owens, along with Mississippi Valley's Tigerian Williams as a sw- SWAC football players of the week for their impressive performances this past week. Let's start off with Xavier Lamford from the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Yep. Lead the Bulldogs to their first win at Grambling since 2011, Dr. Trevelle. He rushed 16 times for 193 yards and two touchdowns. He also averaged 12.1 yards per carry while passing. For 127 yards with one touchdown. Xavier Lanford, Swag Offensive Player of the Week. Swag Defense Player of the Week was Jacob Williams from Texas Southern. 13 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, two pass breakups, a forced fumble, and a 95 yard football return for a score as the Tigers claim their first conference victory of the season in their win over Bethune Cookman. Specialist of the Week was a Darius Owens. He contributed four kickoff returns for 142 yards. And a long 49 yards as Texas Southern defeated Bethune Cookman, 34-31. He also averaged 35.5 yards per return while contributing 163 rushing yards along with three touchdowns. Huge day for Ladarius Owens. And the swag newcomer of the week, Tigerian Williams, passed for 265 yards while going 19 of 29 for three touchdowns to help Valley claim a homecoming victory, a rare Homecoming victory over this weekend uh, as they beat UAPB 42-17. to And so those were your SWAC Players of the Week. Good stuff, Charles. Shout out to Xavier. He actually got a helmet sticker this past Sunday uh, in acknowledging what took place there. Had to give him a special shout out. They got it right there because he went berserk. Also got a special point of privilege, Texas Southern, Jacob Williams, Noah's mom, uh, all of the boys and daughter is actually going to Texas Southern University. Daughter comes up here next year. So she was at the game proud, and uh, he certainly deserves the honors. It's kind of nice when you see uh, friends uh, and their uh, siblings doing really well so and children doing well. So it was it was pretty good. With that being said, let's turn the page and get over to the MEAC. Jamie, you got some love for the MEAC still? Still, I always will have love for the MEAC, part of the MEAC Nation. Yes, so my, my my dollars go there too. You know, even though I'm an A and T, no doubt, no doubt. You I know, you know you still, that's why I thought I threw it out there. Make sure to recognize. Absolutely, Miak Weekly Awards in football. Quarterback Otto Coons was the offensive player of the week. AJ Richardson, defensive player of the week from both from Norfolk State. Juwan Howard, rookie of the week from South Carolina State University. Garrison Wheatley, um, offensive lineman of the week from Norfolk State and specialist of the week. Um, Noah Tracy from Norfolk State University. So a lot of Spartans in the mix. Uh, let's talk about him. Norfolk State quarterback Otto Coons was named the Mediac Player of the Week. Um, NSC linebacker A.J. Richardson earned defensive player. 
uh, Coons, quarterback, 6'3", 194-pounder, completed 10 of 27 passes for 129 yards through the air, rushed 12 times, 436 yards and two touchdowns. Fortunately, they lost the game um, to Tennessee, oh, against Tennessee State, but Coons had a pretty good game both in the air and on the ground. Richardson, linebacker, um, registered 11 tackles, nine solo, um, with um, one and a half for a loss um, against Tennessee State, again in that loss. Wheatley, offensive line, anchored the Spartans' offensive line that accounted for 279 yards of total offense, including 150 on the ground. So definitely was able to do their thing in the rushing game. How? Caught three passes, 493 yards, including one touchdown through the air and rushed nine times for 34 yards against Tennessee Tech um, as the um, the Bulldogs faced the team from the OVC. And Tracy punted six times for 229 yards, 38.2-yard average, including one down inside the 20. So MEAC football honors, um, still playing good ball in the MEAC. So hey, definitely one of the honor those kids. They yes, it is the play on Thursday. This is what playoff we're ball. You talking about? They tease you exactly. Playoff ball. They tease you for the first couple of weeks, and then they say, "Bam!" Here you go. Let's get it on. <laughs> oh, so yeah. good stuff. Good stuff, Jamie. With that, Shivery's not dead. Charles, give us some love in terms of the weekly honors for volleyball in the MIAC. Yeah, let's take a look at um, MIAC Weekly Volleyball Honors. Like you said, Chivalry is not dead. Howard sophomore, Rhea McKenna, she was named MIAC Player of the Week, uh, uh, presented by Coca-Cola. Norfolk State's Gabriel Gilbert was named the Rookie of the Week, uh, while Howard sophomore, Claire Simpson, earned the Defensive Player of the Week honors, respectively, and North Carolina Central's Bella Derringer and Howard's Kayla Diaz were named Co-Setters of the Week. Let's take a look. Rhea McKenna, she tallied 3.3 three kills per set with a match high 14 kills against Norfolk State Spartans. She added one assist, two service aces, four digs, and two blocks to complete her stat line. Gilbert recorded her second double-double of the season with 21 kills and 11 digs and a four-set victory over the Bears of Morgan State. She averaged 4.14 kills per set with 29 on the week. Gilbert added two assists, 14 digs, and four blocks uh, as the Spartans claimed their second in the MIAC standings with a 5-2 and two League record. Simpson averaged five digs per set, totaling 35 on the week to help the Bison to a one and one split this past week. She added one kill, four assists, and three service aces as well. Simpson led all athletes with 20 digs in the four set loss to High Point. Derringer, as one of the co setters of the week, she averaged 11 assists per set, totaling 33 assists and a three set victory for the Eagles over the South Carolina State Bulldogs. She added a kill, a service aces, and four digs in the match as well. And North Carolina Central bounced back against South Carolina State uh, after dropping three conference matches in a row. And to close things out, Diaz, she totaled 60 assists, which was 8.57 uh, uh, average for the week between the two matches last week, including 34 and a three-set sweep over the Spartans. She added 13 digs, three blocks, two service aces, and one kill on the week, and a partridge and a pear tree. As Diaz put up 24 <laughs> assists in the four-set loss, to the annual Big South powerhouse known as High Point University. So those were your MEAC Volleyball Players of the Week. Well done by both of y'all. You know, it's out on assignment, as I said. He loves those kills, so we got it in for Big Brother there. We got it in for Big Brother. With that being said, I'd be remiss if I didn't share a little love. Tennessee State out of the OVC Big South as they partnered up 
We got a defensive player of the week out of the Big South OVC partnership. Terrell Allen, defensive lineman, six foot, 275 senior from Little Rock, Arkansas. Member of Tennessee State Tigers football program. Allen tallied seven tackles, six solo, four tackles for a loss, two sacks, and a pass breakup as Tennessee State top Norfolk State 24 to 17. As Jamie mentioned earlier, it was for homecoming. Tennessee State. It marked its first multi-sack game of the season. Allen played, uh, helped TSU limit Norfolk State to 150 total rushing yards. And that being said, he, Terrell Allen, was defense player of the week for the Big South OVC. Speaking of Tennessee State, mm. Eddie George mm. questions whether Tennessee State fans love football from HBCUsports.com. Now, that was amazing to me because I certainly understood where Eddie George, and I'm going to read the quote, because I've seen people take this like every direction (laughs) in a referendum on the Tennessee Tennessee State attendance, which I think is a legitimate question, Uh, but that wasn't particularly what he was talking about. Tennessee State played homecoming game against Norfolk State in front of a crowd of 13,975. Yes, it was lower than what they did with Bethune last year. I think that's what got a lot of people in the tizzy. But with that being said, Tennessee head coach Eddie George was less than thrilled about the early departure, lackluster attendance at some TSU games, expressing that sentiment is the post-game press conference Saturday. But this was his specific quote. I'm hoping that next week we'll have the same crowd that was here today. It was great. I would have loved it for it to have been packed for the entire game. We have a special group, and I want our fans to really embrace that, end quote. He was specifically talking about folks leaving after halftime, which was a significant show. We played it up here on the show. You had Norfolk State, the Legion, traveling to Tennessee State with the aristocrat. You have at the end of the year, you know, uh, HBCU band national championship in Atlanta the Friday before the celebration bowl. These two teams and most people poll rankings that do that specialty were in the top 10, if you would, including ours when we do the top seven. Uh, at the major division level. And we had this matchup as one to watch because it was a top seven even we coming into it. We'll get into that a little more to tell you who we think won the match. We'll do that on Thursday. This is beyond the pale in a different discussion. So um, take a little time. Go to you first, Jamie. What were your thoughts in terms of the comments? And you might even add a little scuttlebutt in terms of everybody else making this a referendum. Because, you know, somehow – NT had to get in this. People <laughs> talk about fair warning. Now, to be fair, I've already told you my thoughts in terms of the move and all that and what's to come. But for me, that specifically wasn't this dialogue and discussion. We'll talk about that. We'll have time to talk about it. It is a case study. Each of these are case studies. So we'll have our time and we can annually do it after every year. We got time to do it. That's what we do. But what are your thoughts in terms of Eddie George, Coach George, comments. Well, to add to that, that case study um, for Tennessee State is a lot longer uh, than A&T so far. <laughs> uh, it is yet to be determined no doubt. Uh, when it comes to A&T. But um, what I'll say is this. In, in what he said specifically and <laughs> what he addressed, I 100% agree with him. Um, I think part of the football game and part of the experience when it comes to crowds being involved in how football games operate, it's very important. Um, It's huge. 
um, when you have a crowd that's there for third downs, making noise and things of that nature, it it drives the the just the excitement of the both the players and just the environment in general. So I agree 100% with them. Even though homecoming, you're trying to, you know, especially with them winning, everybody's getting their plans together for the, for the you know, what we're doing afterwards, what concert we're going to, you know, what, what, what club we're hitting, all of those things. But at the same time, when it's talking about dealing with football, the question of whether or not, you know, they truly enjoy it or truly are football fans being, it, you know, fans are leaving early, uh, quote unquote, he he has every right to address that and wants his fan base to engage, be engaged with the football team. Um, getting up and leaving early, uh, based on what they think the game is, and the game ended up being closer than than of course they would want it. But I think in some fr- fans' eyes, they thought it would be a blowout. Let me go ahead and get started on the festivities for the after parties. But at the same time, if you are there to watch the football game, not just for the event, but for the football structure, um, Coach George had every right to be um, to feel a certain way about it. I agree with him. I certainly agree with his thoughts. But I ask this fundamental question because a lot of people put that out there. You know, they're not true football fans. I said, what if they're not? That is, I don't think people have asked that question. What if they're not true football heads? Well, what do you do now? That's a different question. Before I let you jump in, Brand, uh, Charles, because I want to get this out for Brandon, part of the HBCU Sports Lab, he is obviously uh, also associated with HBCUsports.com, and he asked the question, and uh, it was a different question. He talked to me, and George specifically wanted to get this out, so he turned it into the answer. But shout out for Brandon King, one, asking the questions, being in there, it was his first time where he got um, his card carrying a card as a media person. So shout out to Brandon King as he continues to grow in his space and do what he does. Uh, uh, part of the lab show as well as a young reporter. With that being said, he wanted to make sure y'all know uh, this is not the first time Coach George has raised this uh, concern. He said there were some empty seats after halftime. So he did want to get that on the table. Charles, the floor is yours to go in whatever direction you want to go. Tennessee State fan base, y'all know better. Y'all, y'all ain't no damn band school. Y'all, 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 y'all. But Big John Mary rolling on his grave. Y'all, don't y'all leave after halftime. Y'all know better than that. Uh, I mean, it's Brandon King, get your folks right up there. Now, this is a proud football tradition. Tennessee State uh, University football, you know, teams that have gone to the playoffs, things of that nature. Great football program. Don't y'all embarrass Eddie George leaving after halftime like that. Ah, uh-uh, he comes from Ohio State. Now, y'all. Y'all, y'all know that folks come for the game. Now you got to be there. We talked about it, the importance of being the twelfth man. This is this applies to the fans. This applies to the band. You got to stay engaged. You can't be leaving after halftime. It's not a band culture. Let's, let's watch some ball. <laughs> man, he, I just watched the Chinnis Berry <laughs> pregame announcement, and Charles got me fired up. <laughs> <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back. Everybody, <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So, you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so, he's a listener. To do more at scale, try CDW Amplified Development Services. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick! The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a success. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Are you press the analytic data with your hip hop? If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they want a lot left and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. That's true. This is Dr. Lil's inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington. Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is on assignment, so we have Professor Walker and Professor Bishop. We're going to get them to give their analysis as I provide the presentation from the lecturer on the top seven for the mid-major poll rankings in week number seven. With that being said, man, it's tough in the mid-major division. It's teams with five wins, just two losses. 
that can't get in the top seven. So I want to mm. see your thoughts. Not a lot of changes at the top because we still have undefeated teams, only undefeated teams in HBCU sports. They continue to do that. With that being said, dropping out this week was Tuskegee Golden Tigers 5-2, and 4-1. and one. Fort Valley State Wildcats also dropped out this week at 5-2, five 5-1. and, two, five and one. Shout out to Jamie as he got the call. Uh, doing that Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Obviously, we played another call. We couldn't play yours. We didn't want to get pinched, as they say. Uh, but we wanted to give you kudos because you made a great call yourself. With that being said, uh, receiving votes this week, Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls are 5-2, 4-1, 116 points outside of the top 10. Receiving votes are also Fayetteville State. I mean, Tuskegee Golden Tigers, I should say, at 5-2, 4-1, 113 points. Fort Valley State Wildcats are five and two, five and one with 112 points. Let's get in the top seven. Edward Water Tigers, five and two, five and one with their Hail Mary that was answered. Uh, jump into the poll rankings at 106 points. They were not ranked last week, but they're in there now after a big win. Improved to five and two, more importantly, five and one in the conference race. At number six, talk about their Fayetteville State Broncos. They're actually back in the top. Seven at five and two, five and zero, oh, as they quietly are rolling and getting things done. 114 points. They were not ranked last week as they are in the top seven. At number five, we get to some familiar names: Miles Golden Bears at five and two, four and one. They moved back up in the poll two spots this week. 131 points as they were previously ranked seven. At number four, Virginia Union Panthers six and one, four and one. They're rolling. 136 points. They was previously ranked six. Setting up what could be a barn burner at the end of the year. They're ranked number four. At number three, Allen Yellow Jackets. Surprised to many people this year. Had a big win, six and one, four and one, bounce back. They were previous ranked five, so they move up two spots, 140 points. At number two, should not be a surprise. Virginia State Trojans, seven and oh, five and oh. Three first place votes, 183 points, but they remain at number two. At number one, you have the Benedict Titans, seven and oh, five and oh. No team is hotter at the mid-major level, I would say, especially when you think about what they did last year. They have six first-place votes to room, reigning mid-major HBCU national champions, and they keep rolling and get it done, 186 points. With a big Thursday night victory last week, uh, they are rolling. With that being said, we're going to let our guests go first. Jamie Walker, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven poll? I will say this before you give your answer. You want it back on the show, you might want to think twice. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I like this poll. I like it uh, a lot. Smart, smart, um, smart man, smart man. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like it. Now, if I were to change anything, and I wouldn't, but if I were to change anything, um, I don't think Fayetteville State is getting enough love. Um, one of the only ones that's, that's defeated Virginia Union. Um, you know, even though it was a close game, I know AD Drew um, on the road on another show, you know, talked about um, you know, them beating him in the hurricane and whatnot. But Fayetteville State continues to win, um <laughs> <laughs> continues to win um uh, those close games. They really do. Um, they're battle tested. Uh I know they have a big one. I think either they've already beat Winston or they have one coming up against Winston Salem State. So I think. You know, they continue to to win those games, um, representing that CRAA South, and and um, I don't think they're getting enough love. I know Stephen J. Gaither would, would, 
you know, be be shocked because he doesn't think I give the CIAA enough love over the SIAC. Uh, but, you know, Fayetteville State is right up there. Um, I'll say Allen took a big leap um, after faltering to, to Fort Valley the week before. Getting that win this week um, has catapulted them in this poll. So I'm going to tell you what, um, both are playing good ball and, and kudos to the SIAC and Commissioner Anthony Holloman for taking that format and changing it from a north or from a from a divisional format to now the absolute sprint to the top when it comes to the end of that season. You're gonna see some phenomenal games. With that being said, before to you, Charles, uh, Roy, if you would flash up the top seven poll rankings again for those that want to see the major, got somebody looking for it. Uh, but good points, Jamie. Very good points in terms of that. Shout out as you spoke of his name, Stephen Gaither. He jumped in there. He said, Memphis, you went so ugly. But I have to agree with you. Your points are valid in terms of the fact they just win. We'll see. They're kind of chance and they'll get to prove their points. But at some point, you are what you are. You keep winning. So let me go to you, Charles, and get your thoughts in the top seven and see where you land this week. Well, I was curious. I was waiting to see if Edward Waters would land uh, in that top seven. So kudos <clears throat> to Edward Waters and and their prolific offense. Uh, I was waiting to see when they make their debut in the top seven. So here they are. Uh, they have a young man, Jaron Russell. Uh, and, Jamie, you got an opportunity to see him up close this past uh, weekend. But 15 touchdowns on the season. He's averaging 277 yards through the air. Uh, they look to be a – uh, a scary little team sitting out there. They ruined the uh, homecoming 32,000 Tuskegee fans. So, uh, kudos, <laughs> you know, kudos. Uh, and you take a look at the, at the at, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you, uh, Fort Valley. That's, oh, I want to stick them in there because they're, they're five and one, but you know, I, I can't argue with the teams that are sitting in front of them. I mean, I think these are all very worthy teams sitting in front of them. Like you said, Allen, uh, good bounce back win this past weekend. And Benedict, I just, ugh, boy, <laughs> it's going to be a second or two before, you know, we, we see a a team that I think could just really match up with Benedict real tough. So I'm waiting on Benedict Allen. That should be fun. That's a good one. That should be fun at the end of the year. We talked about the Virginia Virginia State, but you go to the, out of the CIAA, but you go to SIC. That Benedict Allen at the end of the year could be very special. Speaking of mm-hmm. that, we're going to go to some mid-major matchups. And we have Edward Waters as part of those matchups. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side. And we'll get these gentlemen to talk about the mid-major classic game of the week as well as the independent mid-major division game of the week in regards to Langston and Arkansas Baptist as Langston is on a win streak. We'll see if they can continue to move forward. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. 
Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love laugh and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes, this is Dr. Lewis inside the HBC Sport Lab with Jamie and Charles. Let's get into the mid-major classic games of the week. We got a good matchup. This is features that newly ranked Edward Waters at number seven. We're in Jacksonville, Florida. Breast Cancer Awareness Day game color pink. SIEC Saturday matchup, October 21st, 5 o'clock p.m. We have Albany State Golden Rams coming off a loss, 4-3, 4-1 in conference play. At number seven, Edward Waters, Tigers, 5-2, 5-1. With that being said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this? Can Edward Waters continue to play the football they're playing? Or will Albany State find Ooh. a way to bounce back? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to drink the, the Edward Waters Kool-Aid. I mean, uh, uh, like I mentioned, uh, with regards to, and I want to hear Jamie in regards to uh, John Russell in terms of his play at quarterback, uh, one of the things that jumps out at me, uh, 61% completion ratio. Uh, uh, when you take a look at an uh, accurate quarterback who's able to get the ball, uh, push the ball downfield, and the magic at the end of that game, I think that's you know kind of captured my imagination a little bit with regards to the Warriors. But I, I, I want to go with them just to, to, to continue the momentum. I like the way they uh, play football. I really did not expect them. Uh, to be in that game with Tuskegee. So that, that turned my head this past weekend. So I'm going to keep going with the momentum. Go with Ever Waters and see what they're doing. Good stuff. Good stuff. get the W. Good stuff. Shout out to President Faison over there, Ever Waters. You're talking about laying a roadmap of how you build energy for an institution through athletics. He certainly has created that roadmap. Obviously, he got a chance uh, to come home to Tuskegee 
uh, as he was there in administrative role for a while. Um, him and his wife really do a great job in terms of establishing that role uh, in terms of being fans of the institution. And you know that he's truly HBCU through and through. And that being said, Jamie, what's your thoughts in terms of this matchup? You've seen some of this up and close. You've seen Edward Waters calling the game. So if anybody can give us some malice, we're going to go to you. Well, let me let me tell you, um, I think the offense has gotten um, so much of the praise this year. Jaron Russell at quarterback, when you're throwing at a 61% clip and you're completing those kind of passes, um, you know, and those amount of touchdown passes he's thrown, it just speaks to his ability. But along with that, they are never phased. In that game, Tuskegee went up 14 points, and it looked early um, as if Tuskegee was going to run away with it with the environment going on. The sun had just came out. You know, it was just it was a beautiful homecoming day. Everybody dancing in the stands, all of that. But Jaron <laughs> Russell was as cool as a cucumber. He just was. And it was one of those things that he just led that team um, up and down the field, and they were never phased. That was the biggest thing that I that I could kind of pick up from him in general. You know, looking at film um, of Edward Waters, and yes, they've been in games and things of that nature. But to see what he um, what he does up close in leading this team, they have a lot of team speed. That Florida classic Florida team speed, they have it all around. But for him to be able to lead this offense and just distribute the ball the way he does, he doesn't try to go for the big play all the time. He just distributes the ball to his playmakers. They have little basically jitterbug wide receivers that are small um, that he gets the ball to out quickly and let them do their thing. But the defense is, um, is a unit that does not get enough credit. They are one of those units that will go and take away the ball. They try to take away your biggest threat on offense and go take away the ball when you put it in the air. So against Albany State, it's going to be interesting because I think Albany State is still trying to find an identity. Um, Quinn Gray, you know, everyone knows him from his past, both collegiately and professionally. You know, he wants to throw the football, and he doesn't have the personnel yet to be able to throw the ball like he wants to. He switches quarterbacks, went back to Deontay Banu, um, who's been, you know, that stalwart in that position for the last two years. Um, under Gabe Gardenia, who's moved on. But I think they're still trying to find an identity. They had been playing well up until this point, but Allen, you know, had enough offense to kind of overtake that. So it'll be interesting because I think if they can kind of steer the ship and take away those offensive opportunities for Elwood Waters, they could be in this game. But I'm going to still go with um, Elwood Waters to win this. This stuff, you talking about cool as a cucumber. It's something about a nice, cold, Cucumber, man, as the <laughs> last couple of years, I've really got excited about cucumber. It's kind of so scary. Little, saying little vinegar, salt, little pepper. oil and vinegar, little yes, pepper. Yes. I don't even eat the extra salt, boy. It's <laughs> about that cucumber. So good, good lexicon as you talk about that. Let's go to the independent side. I'm going to stay with you, James. This matchup is in Langston, Oklahoma, W. Anderson Stadium homecoming, independent uh, matchup of the week. Comes to us from the Sooner Athletic Classic. Arkansas Baptist, as they brought back football, they joined the Sooner Athletic Conference. So this is a conference matchup. Uh, Arkansas Baptist, they're off the map, but they just came back. If you had to look at it in terms of the overall ranking, much like you talked about the toughness of Arkansas, uh, Albany State, I had them 14th in my overall index. Arkansas Baptist is number 28. Coming up, 
of late, Langston has kind of righted the ship. They, as far as up overall, at 12 in terms of Langston Lions and my overall strength rankings, they're at four and two, four and one. Arkansas Baptist just got a win, though. So they're one and six, one and four. What are your thoughts? That win was over Texas College, the other HBCU, the three of them in the Sooner Athletic Conference, talking about that. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Well, I think um, Langston is right now riding a high of, you know, being, you know, kind of up and down in the beginning, having some losses. You got to think about this program being successful in the last couple of years with Trip Harrington um, at the quarterback position and them kind of transitioning into the new phase of what they're doing. Uh, I think right now it just speaks to the coaching and speaks to the culture of that program um, going forward. They're right now fourth in the conference. Um, they are ascending. Uh, but they got some, you know, some some tough games coming up. I think they're in the teeth of their schedule. I think this game against Arkansas Baptist, um, they should win it. I, I, I think just because, because Arkansas is kind of at the bottom of the conference, I think with what they're doing right now as far as getting people in the right places, quarterback Torrance Bardell, um, you know, absolutely throwing the ball like, like a Langston team should and a Langston team has in the last couple of years, I think their offense is just good enough to get this done, even though Arkansas is kind of sending as well. They are at the bottom of the conference, but at the same time, I think they're starting to play better ball as well. But I think Langston um, will have too much for them. And I think Langston goes, you know, double-digit win. Good stuff. Charles, we used to put Quentin Morgan's name out there quite a bit as a hot coach. Uh, yeah. was looking, still looking at him, maybe not quite as much as they were. But what are your thoughts in terms of him as Langston Lions at home for homecoming yet? at home, particularly against HBCUs. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Arkansas Baptist, the Buffaloes, do they have any chance? The Buffalo, uh, us against the Lions? No chance whatsoever. Homecoming game at Langston. Uh, get this, over the last four games, Langston has outscored their opponents 165 to 30. That's 41 points per game. They figured out on the offensive side of the ball. And like you mentioned, uh, Torrance Bardell. Uh, he is playing the ball around all over the place. Take a look at their last game right here in Stafford against North America. Uh, real balanced in terms of taking a look at what they were doing. Uh, 200 yards in the air, 200 yards on the ground. Just way too much for Arkansas Baptists in this game. Uh, I got a, a big double-digit win for Langston Lions in this one. Langston Lions are back. With that, we'll be right back after this break. We'll get in the top seven for the major division. Stick with us as we give you more. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. 
featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that. And who the bop, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mill inside HBCU Sports Lab with Jamie Walker and Charles Bishop. One final thing on the mid-majors, I want to give some love to the folks out there. Great dialogue going on in terms of the SIAC, CIAA races are heating up, some great matchups. But check us out on Thursday. We will have two top seven matchups, if you would, in terms of both the SIAC and CIAA, top ten matchups. So another great week. We had this a couple of weeks ago, mainly out of the major division, in a lot of ways for the sweat. This time is churning, and we got these matchups at the mid-major level for CIAA SIEC. With that being said, let's get in the major division, give some updates here. Dropping out this week at Hampton Pirates, uh, three and three, one and two overall. Tough road loss for them. Grandma State Tigers also fall out after losing their homecoming. That was a trend this past weekend. Three and four, two and two overall. Prairie A&M Panthers, they weren't homecoming, but you sure felt that way as they got shut out. Three and four, three and one, uh, a tough loss for them against Houston Christian University. Let's get in the top seven and show those some love in terms of what's going on. Before we do that, those some teams receiving votes on the outside. Alabama State Hornets, three and three, two and two, big win for them and put themselves just outside of the top seven, 164 points. You have Hampton Pirates, while they dropped out, they're still receiving votes, three and three on the season, one and two, 154 points. As well as Grandma State Tigers, outside of the top seven, are still receiving votes, part of the top 10 at three and four, two and two overall with 148 points. Without further ado, top seven starts with all Point State Braves. They were open this past weekend, but they're not ranked. They didn't hurt themselves and found themselves in the top seven, three and three overall, two and one. Be interesting they see this week as they travel to Arkansas Pine Bluff after Pine Bluff was on the road, took a tough loss to Mississippi Valley. That should be intriguing as we continue with the SWAT rings. At number six, Alabama AM Bulldogs, four and three, two and two, probably had one of the shocks of the week as they went and get it done against those Grandma State, uh, State Tigers, improved to four and three, two and two, 184, 184 points. They were not ranked last week, but they jumped in the Top seven. We're not finished with the teams jumping in the top seven. We had three of them. And the next one is the Southern Jaguars. Three and three, two and one. They improved the three and three. They were at home, homecoming. They got it done uh, for their homecoming uh, as they continue to do what they do. Lincoln, California is the HBCU homecoming school of the week or when everybody wants to get right. 187 points. They were not ranked. Let's get into the teams that were ranked previously and see where they move around. We have Jackson State. They only fall one spot, four and three, two and two. Previous rank, 395 points. They do lose at home. They do lose at homecoming. But, but because of all the teams losing behind them, they find a way to stay in the top seven and only foul a spot. Bring us to number three, Tennessee State Tigers. Improved to four and two, one and one. Big victory at home. Getting it done for homecoming, 215 points. Although Eddie George would like to see a little more from the fans. He got enough for his teams, and they got a win there. 
They were ranked previous ranked four. They moved up a spot. Bringing us to the top two, we all know who this is. The question for many is, who is your top two? In this case, our number two is North Carolina Central Eagles. They were open this past weekend, so they stay at one and five and one. They have a big matchup this week just because it's a MEAC conference game. It will be part of our feature games of the week, so we'll talk about that a little later before we close things up. But right now, six first place votes, 245 points, so just outside of the number one ranking. And it looks like they're on a collision course with the number one ranked team, which is Florida A&M Rattlers, with the losses of Jackson State. Uh, in terms of that, it kind of put them really in controlling interest. Three game essentially lead because they beat Alabama State and Jackson State with two losses head-to-head. So it's really three. Alabama A&M has two losses, but they still have them ahead. So they're in a solid position. So the countdown starts, but they're at number one. The Rattlers, as they were open, they traveled to Texas Southern, which should be interesting. We'll talk about that on Thursday, as that is a featured game of the week. They're 4-0 in conference play, six first-place votes. They remain at number one in week number seven with 246 points. I'm going to start with you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of the top seven rankings? can't argue with it uh, whatsoever. I think this is uh, very accurate of the absolute amount of parity that you see on the, uh, with regards to uh, the major level. And, and now we, we're going to separate out some things over the next few weeks, especially now that we get into this one and done uh, playoff atmosphere in the MEAC. Uh, uh, one of the things I kind of take a look at, especially with the sweat, and this is why I say this is kind of a beware weekend. Uh, Florida A&M, long trip to Texas Southern, take on uh, a team that despite their record, a lot of talent. Same thing Southern, going to Bethune-Cookman. Despite Bethune Cookman's record, quite a bit of talent. And the margin of error is so thin uh, within the SWAT that you, I mean, we saw this past weekend, you can't have a game like Jackson State had, uh, where they had three turnovers. Uh, special teams created short fields, created easy opportunities uh, for Alabama State to score. Uh, I think it's uh, when, when that, when, when a game is kind of flowing like that, it can create all sorts of chaos because I don't see a lot of teams that can just rip and run up and down the field and go 80 yards whenever they feel like, uh, you know. So I, I think this is one of those weekends where you want to pay attention to the margin of of, of, of the score because I think it's going to be about that much this upcoming weekend. Very accurate uh, poll going into this upcoming weekend. Thank you, Charles. And great points you make in terms of the competitiveness of these games <clears throat> season. Um, and I expect, as you said, that it will continue. So we'll be interested to see as things go to stretch down the stretch, who can find a way to win those close games. With that being said, Jamie, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven of the major division? You did so well on the mid-major. We'll see if you can double down and do it again. Or you might have different thoughts. I think the poll is 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 almost spot on. I will give maybe a little bit more credence to Alcorn, um, only because mm. – um, you know, if you look at the teams ahead of uh, ahead of them, um, I think they all have some questions. Alcorn does too, but I think right now, um, you know, like all Fred McNair squads, you can never count them out. Um, I think the Soul Bowl is going to tell a whole whole lot um, at the end of the year, and I think um, Aaron Allen is playing phenomenal football um, at the quarterback position. They're never out of a game, so I think. They're right there. So I could see them easily moving up um, over a couple of teams in the poll. But otherwise, it's right there. Um, 
I am so ready for the for the MEAC sprint though, because despite having you know North Carolina Central it clearly head and shoulders above um, so many, uh, you saw what happened last year in a couple of games, uh, that South Carolina State game in particular. Uh, you know, teams that are so familiar with each other and players and things of that nature, um, anything can happen in conference play. So I'm curious to see what they do going forward, but definitely looking forward to them getting into conference play. You talk about the Braves, I think you make an excellent point. I certainly can see them moving up. I'll tell you this, they have a chance to certainly make their statement three of their last five games, if you would, are against the Western Division, uh, and they have a chance to certainly make a statement there. Two of those games are pretty big games. Uh, you have Southern coming to town, and then they go on the road to Houston, to Texas Southern University. But in the mix, they have the rival with Mississippi Valley. So that's going to be fascinating when you talk about that. But you're talking about Valley. They got their rivals back-to-back. Jackson State this week at home, and then they travel to Alcorn next week. And then, obviously, you're talking about the Mississippi rivals and Mississippi schools. Speaking of all, they close it again with Jackson State. Boy, that could be for a lot of marbles. Jackson State may not be able to find themselves hosting a championship game, but they would like no other thing to make sure that all not only yeah. doesn't host one, that they don't even get to go. Y'all sit here, <laughs> sit right here on the couch with us, right here. On the couch with us. <laughs> I, I can see them now. So the fact you see what goes on, and you see Charles got a little chuckle, so he knows exactly <laughs> what I'm referencing. That's why I've learned so much from him. With that, Stickerwitz will be back after our last break. We'll come back on the other side. Talk about these final two major division matchups. You don't want to miss it because one of them features the number two ranked team this week as they get into conference play on Thursday. We'll be in the middle of the show, so stick with us. We'll give you some updates, and then you can turn right over and get into that Thursday night game on ESPNU as we start out MEAC play this past weekend starting on Thursday. Again, stick with us. We'll be right back after this last break on the other side. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? Who the ball? 
So listen to Professor Yesa yes, And pay attention Because he gonna teach a lesson yes. Get into Let's get into these games of the week. Let's get right into it. Major division game of the week uh, is coming out of the MEAC. And no, it's not a classic, but it sure seems like one since it's under the Thursday Night Lights, ESPN, Baltimore, Maryland, Hughes Stadium. MEAC kicks things off. Number three, North Carolina Central is on the road at Morgan State Bears, one and four. Um, in terms of what they look like, if I had to go to my strengths, I'd have Morgan State at number 16. Obviously, They've showed a lot of talent, particularly on the defensive side, but can they get some offense rolling? I guess the question I'm going to ask both of y'all is any way we can see an upset in this game? Charles is shaking his head, so I'll go to him first and let him get it out of the way. Uh, maybe we get a little more suspense from Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I want it to be successful, but, you know, when Davis Richard puts that Superman cape on, yeah, you know, that's, that's, mm. that's, that's game, set, match. So I, I just – I don't see uh, Morgan State with enough offense to offset uh, North Carolina Central, uh, especially with regards to uh, what Mookie Carr and Davis Richard are able to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, and they play great defense as well. So, no, I, I don't see Morgan State uh, uh, being in this game. I think uh, Central wins it going away. Good stuff. Jamie, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Uh, I, I told Joshua Sims this once, um, even as an Aggie, I'm no hater. That team is that team is complete, um, from top to bottom. They got the size, the speed, the moxie, the coaching. But what I'll say is this: I won't say there's no no way it can happen. They're playing at Hughes. Um, Morgan State may be looking for some get back uh, because they got embarrassed last year on Thursday night uh, from mm. Central, and yep. you know there may be some motivation there. But Charles hit it right on the head. I don't know if they got enough offense. I, I just don't. They have a great running game. But from the quarterback position, if, if they're so one-dimensional that they can't score points, this would be a long game because Central's going to do it from every angle. They can throw the ball, they can run the ball, and they play great defense. So I, I, I think it's Central, you know, Central, and, it, and it's not even close. To both of you all's point, one of the thing is just how long can Morgan State even keep it close um, before it – uh, if they're not careful, uh, Central has a chance to really run away with it. Uh, if it's close, uh, then you never know uh, and at least can go down in terms of what happens the rest of the season. I think that's the bigger question. Sticking with you, Jamie, since you're on the show, we wanted to make sure that we showed the Auntie Aggie some love, you know, uh, in the Colonial, formerly known as the Colonial, now the Coastal Athletic Conference, CAA, uh, obviously, A&T is struggling a little bit this year, but Richmond has played several HBCUs, and some of them have got the best of the Spiders. So we thought this was an opportunity to see, is this a chance for the Aggies to get a coastal win? And so we wanted to kind of bring you on as a specialist and tell us what your thought, and we'll get Charles's thoughts on it as well. This is Richmond Spiders that are 4-3, and 3-1. Three, three and one. They're at North Carolina A&T, so it is a home game. Who are just 1-5 overall and 0-3 in terms of the CIA race. With that being said, Jamie, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Can they find a way to get it done? Um, I, I think they can. Um, I think it's one of the few games that um, can be gotten by the squad this year. Um, you know, A&T has struggled. 
Um, I think it was expected they they would struggle, but I think the way they have struggled has been more of a surprise, not throwing over 100 yards um, in any game this year, Um, throwing for 31 yards this past game, even though the conditions um, were not conducive to throw the ball, they haven't been able to throw the ball even in good weather. Um, Delaware threw the ball for only 55 yards themselves. The rushing game is still there and run the ball effectively, and I think Richmond matches up a little bit better um, with Ante, I think if they can get Kevin White going, and what I mean by that is with the running game with Kenji Christian, um, they can do some things. But I think, you know, Richmond's still going to be tough because, of course, they play good football, but they have been gotten by the likes of Morgan State. So I think you're talking about um, a squad that these are one of these games that I think A&T is very competitive in um, because of just how they match up. If they can get something going – if they're not so one-dimensional, uh, I think this can be one of those games that they can get a win. Um, if not, you're, you're talking about few and far between looking up and down that schedule. Um, I think the squad is improving, but not at the rate that people think it should uh, because that offense is just not doing what it needs to. They have some you know, some players, but just not improving, especially in the passing game, um, at the rate that it should be right now. Yeah, you make some great points when you talk about the rate offensively, the challenge. They got it done against Norfolk State a couple of weeks ago where they exploded in a lot of ways on offense. But most of that was done in the first half where it kind of slowed down in the second half and Norfolk made a run. So, again, to your point, can they find a way uh, at home to get a little more offensive? We talked about the struggle with Morgan State Bears offense. That's similar to what you see for A&T. We also thought about that a little bit. Mississippi Valley, and boy, did they write the ship this past week in the Arkansas Pine Bluff. Well, I can say all that to say in terms of our indicator, they have improved. I had them a little lower. They pushed up to 19th in terms of the 21 HBCUs. Boy, you talk about how the rich have kind of fallen on hard times. This is a program that was at the top, and now they're near the bottom with just 21 FCS fighting for that space with Mississippi Valley and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Wow. Uh, that's scary to think. With all that yeah. being said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup with A&T Aggies hosting uh, the Richmond Spiders? Well, I think to Jamie's point, I mean, the question becomes you know, with A&T, uh, what are they going to do offensively? And uh, you touched on something, Jamie, and I was curious your thoughts real quick on what does it take to get Kevin White uh, up and going? I think more than anything, I think the receiving core has, has let him down. Um, I think one game had seven drops. Um, he's a dual, a true dual threat quarterback, similar to, um, Christopher Zealous over at Hampton, who it's kind of mm-hmm. for them feast or famine. Um, so I think what they have to do is get him some easy passes early, make it successful. Um, then I think, you know, that opens up the running game because they can still rush the football. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to Kevin White, you know, you're talking about a true freshman who's gotten in there and done well. They also went back kind of to a um, a dual quarterback system with um, Eli Brickhandler co- going in the games, some who who was a capable passer. But it's just – it is so difficult to kind of di- to, to diagnose this team because they had capable passers last year with Zach Yeager, Eli Brickhandler, and others. They were able to throw the football better and better this year. So schematically, I'm wondering what's going on with the coaching staff to actually address what's going on in the passing game. So it's it's head scratching. It's head scratching. I got you. Well, my heart says uh, A&T, and I, like you said, I think if they can run the football, 
uh, that, that's going to be the, the key to, uh, uh, you know, uh, time of possession is going to be key in this game. If they can uh, keep that offense out there on the field and, and because uh, when you take a look at it, Richmond has been opportunistic, especially last game, six sacks, and, and they got 14 points off turnovers against Rhode Island. So I think it's going to be crucial that a and protects football and they can get the W at home. And hopefully that a and crowd becomes a 12th man and can kind of push them over the edge. Great stuff. Great analysis by both of you all. appreciate you joining this, Jamie, uh, and Charles doing what he always does, bringing the noise, bringing the knowledge, bringing the data as Mike would like us to do as we break down these matchups. Make sure you tune us in on Thursday as we give you the SIAC and CIAA. I told you those are the top 10 matchups for both programs. Uh, one of those great weekends that we get uh, far and few between. Also have some fascinating matchups on the major division, which will feature the number one ranked team, uh, Florida A&M traveling to Texas Southern. We'll break that down. With that being said, we told you earlier about that. Edward Waters. Uh, versus Albany State, that is on the Black College Sports Network. That Miles versus Allen, it's on the Black College Sports Network. We'll also have the Tuskegee versus Savannah State. It will be audio on the network Saturday as well. So check us on Saturday. We're going to bring you live and inside the SIC. We're going to give you some touch points so you can catch and grab a hold of your HBCU football this weekend, particularly at the mid-major level. With that being said, I want to thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yada Kabil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, as well as Jamie Walker joining us as a guest lecturer today with two members of the crew continuing to get it done. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoy it. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Kabil's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time and Sundays at 9 a.m. We look forward to next week as we continue to give you what's going on this week and discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Yacoville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Uh, that's Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Jamie? Lecture. Dismissed.